I'll have these really like sordid, morbid fantasies that I'm a really famous celebrity, very talented, very, very well known, very groundbreaking in the industry, and I've just unfortunately died. And there's all these documentaries on TV about me. <laughs> and all these interviews with people that I knew, famous and not famous. And everyone's saying how brilliant I am. And then to make things even more meta and strange, I want this clip to be played at my actual funeral. And for people to watch it and for things to get even more awkward, like they are right now. <laughs> as the layers of meta and irony build and build. Because I did not die famous, nor did I die talented. <laughs> and the person presenting, uh, the minister, a close uh, loved one, will just watch the, the reel with tears in their eyes to begin with, and then it will just slowly turn to stony hatred. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it before. I kept it as a surprise. And the clip ends, and they just turn to the audience, I mean, the funeral <laughs> and just say, wow, what a cunt. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Blizzard Comedy Chat. Uh, today we are going to be talking to the uh, wonderful the Bobby Jones. Um, I say today, we recorded this about a year ago, so uh, please do bear in mind that any references to dates or, or last year uh, in, in, in the podcast is referring to 2019 or, or um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is, this is, again, uh, I am editing these quite a while after they were recorded, so apologies for anything that is dated. I've, I've edited out most of the stuff that was, uh, kind of specific to, uh, stuff that was going on at the time, uh, but still, this is still, still really a lot of good stuff here. I had a lot of fun with this chat. Uh, we, we, we start off with a conversation about jigsaws, uh, which, uh, I, we, I, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, is, is, uh, I think that, I think more comedians should talk about it. More comedians need to, need to delve into the world of jigsaws and how, and, and, and just how, how, how tough it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, Tackle tackle the real big issues here. Uh, but yeah, we did that. We talk uh, a lot about um, how comedy affects your mental health. Uh, we go uh, into some personal stuff. So there's a bit of a trigger warning here that we are going to be talking uh, about 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 a deceased parent uh, later on in this podcast. Uh, so if that's something you struggle with, uh, you might want to skip this one until you're in a better headspace. Um, but otherwise, yeah, this is I really I really enjoyed th this th this chat. So uh, I'm going to stop waffling now and let you have a listen to it. So uh, please welcome Bobby Joe. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing uh, all things considered. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm all right. Did you make much progress with that jigsaw? Nope. Oh. So I was doing it for an hour and 20 minutes and I only managed to slot six pieces in. Ah, out so, of how yeah. many? How, what, 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 uh, what 750. 750. <laughs> and you did how many? Six pieces? Six pieces. Okay. My mom did fifteen. Okay, so, <laughs> so together you did like twenty-one. So that's mm, yeah, that's not that's not a great percentage, is it? It's not. I mean, we did the edges yesterday because the edges are pretty straightforward. The edges are the easy part, yeah. Yeah, but it's um, it's a difficult scene. So oh, if no. you can picture it, it's an yeah. underwater scene where you've got a lot of blue, okay. you've got corals, uh, and right. you've got lots of fish. Uh -huh. So I've um, divided the pieces up into four distinct sections. Oh, so you've okay. got the fishy bits. Yeah. 
Um, you've got the blue bit. Yes. You've got the dark bit, and you've got the coral bit. Ah, clever. I but it's I... quite difficult because a lot of those pieces contain um, three or four characteristics <laughs> yeah. of, of all sections. Ah, <laughs> so it, it's very difficult. Um, They're like a yeah. lot of seemingly interchangeable background ones, but obviously they only fit in very specific places, so it's hard to identify. Yeah, so I was in yeah. charge of the blue section, but all of the the blue bits look the same and there's i'd say about one eighth of the whole picture is just a lovely turquoise color and it's just all one shade okay. um so i've been working on that and uh <laughs> oh it's frustrating <laughs> so, sounds like yeah so there you go it's been a long time since i've, since I've done it since I've, I've done a jigsaw i don't i don't i don't miss them no, well, it's, I think uh, the last time I did one before quarantine uh, yeah. was <laughs> was when I was a child. <laughs> but, uh, in, 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 in the before times. In the before times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to become like a jigsaw warlord now. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there, man. Got to find those pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck with that. Um, okay. First of all, uh, when when did you first discover stand-up? Now, not, not as a performer yourself, just like when did you first discover it as a thing that exists? My first memories of probably like just being a kid and having like Mock the Week and like Life at the Apollo on in the background, yeah. probably. So back at home with my mum and dad, we'd like have something to eat. And we always had tea really late, like seven or eight or nine o'clock. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, we just always had for some reason. We still do now. Yeah. And uh, we just always have like comedy on in the background. And it's just, I, I enjoyed it when I was a kid, but I never sort of saw it as being something that I'd someday want to do because I was a very shy child. So, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I sort of cultivated a sense of humour from being overweight as a child anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and I still use that as a defense mechanism now, um, <laughs> you know, but like, I've always appreciated like comedy shows. Like I remember being off a school sick when I was like in year three mm-hmm. with like a, a water infection. So like a UTI kind of thing right, okay, yeah, yeah. and being off, being off school the whole week and watching Red Dwarf. Oh, um, I've got a very fond memory of that. And then like <laughs> my mom and dad have always been massive fans of Victoria Wood. Oh, she's um, a legend, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definite legend. Like, whenever um, the ballad of uh, Frida and Barry came on the TV, <laughs> uh, mom and dad would, like, come into their element because they knew all the words, um, <laughs> you know. So it's always been, like, a big big part of the family I suppose so it's I was probably just like watching things like quite mainstream things I'd say on the TV I guess yeah yeah sweet good yeah good good away as any so were there any you, yeah. you, you, you mentioned as well Victoria Wood and Red Dwarf but there were, were there, were there mm. any particular standout acts to you that you like you really sort of felt an affinity with or like maybe further down the line kind um, of influenced you to or sort of made you realize oh this is a thing that I can do I mean no one's influenced me that powerfully but I think the person who probably influences me the most is probably Victoria Wood yeah but I've kind of realized how brilliant she is sort of I I realized that kind of like a few years ago and I've been doing stand-up for nearly six years okay yeah so um nothing's ever really like really 
I've never watched someone on YouTube or watched someone on the TV and been like, I really want to be like that person. Yeah, I've, sure. I've never tried to mould myself after anyone, really. I just kind of no. do what feels right. I think I've yeah. got a pretty good sense of when something falls well and when it doesn't fall well. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm very, very self-aware and very self-critical, <laughs> so... Agonizingly <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, I guess then, yeah, if you're not sort of directly influenced, or you know, if you're directly influenced by your own TV, was there anyone you sort of saw who, like, you saw yourself in a little bit? The sort of made you consider that the startup was actually a viable thing. No, I think uh, I mean I love um, so like the holy trinity of them for me would be yeah. Victoria Wood, yeah. Sarah Pascoe, and then maybe May Martin. Good <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah, like really, really good. A Felicity Ward as well, because like mm. how she's spoken about mental health issues. And, like, she did a show at The Fringe a couple of years ago, and it's on BBC now, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that is... Oh, I can't remember what that was called now. What If There Is No Toilet? I mean, that kind <laughs> of just, like... That's a good, yeah. Because her, her anxiety sort of manifests as her being terrified that she's going to, like, mess herself in public. So when she was younger, she would ha- she would have to like have like a, a map in her brain of where the nearest toilet was, and she she had that for years and years. And then it was when it, when she was in her early thirties that she finally sought help for it. Okay. Um, but I mean that show, I saw that with a few friends at the Fringe years ago, and it was a good night because we were all like, yeah, because you know, like you try and say to your cis straight male friends, like, oh, come and see this female comedian, and they're kind of like, oh, I'll have a look at the Fringe guy and see if there's anything else yeah. and that night there wasn't anything else <laughs> even though we all had to pay like nine quid to go and see her at Pleasance um, we all it's did it and it, yeah. they were all like thank you Bobby that was so so good <laughs> and liking you know so yeah and I suppose people like that like people who talk about mental health issues and make it funny yeah um, I, I really admire them because it's something I've struggled with for years so if someone can make light of that on stage I really respect that yeah. also people who are like queer and people yeah. who don't quite fit the mold like um I've got polycystic ovaries um yeah so I get like uh strange not strange things but um, I get like excess facial hair, irregular periods, all yeah, that yeah. kind of jazz. Terrible mood swings at times. And Sarah Pascoe has polycystic ovaries mm. too. Yeah, yeah. And she has made some incredible jokes about um, like <laughs> hair, like how she feels about her facial hair and stuff like that. And it's just like I've just I just love her for making those jokes because it's fun to. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really. It's just nice. You see someone yeah. who's successful who's quite similar to you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a really nice feeling. It's difficult difficult to describe, but yeah, just kind of... Well, it's, it's nice to know you're not the only one, even if you sort of know logically that you're not the only one. It's sort of nice to hear other experiences about about that thing. Yeah, Um. So definitely, yeah. So you said you've been gigging, you've been gigging for about six years. So take us back to when you first sort of made the conscious decision to, to do it yourself. Was there anything particular that, that pushed you towards that? Was there like a course or well, was it? Well, yeah. it was a breezy day back in May 2014. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I kind of, uh, so, so I, I went to uni, University of Birmingham. Yeah. And before I went to uni, I, I knew that I was going to join the Creative Writing Society. Went along to that, yeah. full of middle-class white people oh, being uh, arseholes. Standards, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I soon stopped that. And because of that, I've now got a slightly... 
Um, half ironic, half unironic hatred of spoken word poetry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I joined the comedy society instead and okay, yeah. went along to that. But I was agonizingly shy like I would get myself really like sort of sweaty and flushed if I went to even say anything in any of these meetings yeah I, can relate to um, that, yeah. I was just so like oh I was awful uh, I eventually managed to get onto the committee for the comedy thing even though I had to go up against one of my now one of my sort of best friends um, for life my friend Sam yeah. we both went for the same position and then in the end because at the AGM we both had the same number of votes and okay. um, he just said oh I'll, I'll be treasurer instead you can be publicity person I didn't yeah. know anything about publicity but it's fine um, <laughs> and when <laughs> so we both eventually managed to get onto the committee and then because everyone else was very sort of comfortable in their own skin on that committee mm. um i just i i wanted to prove myself in a way so i think i got onto the, the committee for the birmingham footnotes comedy society in i think it was march or april yeah and then it was may that i did my first stand-up set okay. and i i did it because i'd been wanting to do stand-up for a while but it wasn't like a conscious desire it yeah. was kind of like a subconscious like Oh, that's a nice notepad. I'll I'll buy that and I'll write a few jokes in it. Yeah, yeah. And to this day, I cannot remember any of those jokes because <laughs> I used to write I used to write a few down, but yeah. like so like I don't know maybe in the winter of me being in the first year of uni, so a couple of months before I did the stand up, like all of those jokes, no idea where they are, no idea what they were. I never used them. Yeah. Um, and the set I did in in the May 2014 went down very, very well. Okay. Um, and uh, I just kind of thought, I like this. This makes me feel good about myself. It just, it felt right. Mm. Um, so I just carried on with it, really. Yeah. So there you go. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that, that... yeah. Good, good, good. Sorry. Yeah, you talked about, so obviously you talked about like, not remembering any of, any of your like, really early jokes. Uh, have you remember? Have you like? Have you sort of got like a joke writing system now? Why? What? 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 How does? How does that work? So I don't really have a set system for creating jokes, and it's it's always very difficult for me to explain mm. how I do it. But I'll have like a funny idea that comes into my head, and part of my brain kind of thinks, oh, that's a good idea. I'll just let it ripen for a bit, yeah. you know. And then I'll have like a burst of mania or something. I don't know. <laughs> and the and I'll just start, because I just like, I, I sing a lot to myself and I talk a lot to myself anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll just start like, without even realizing it, I'll, I'll just start like talking out this joke and eventually it will just like gather momentum until it becomes a fully realized piece. I might sort of write it down a little bit and then when it's kind of it's it's nearly ready to, to pick off the tree as it were uh -huh. okay yeah. um that's when i'll kind of like properly structure it and i'll like speak it out loud a few times because that's how i remember my material it's a lot of what i say i rely on my intonation and my cadence quite a lot mm. um yeah yeah I've, so because yeah. i think a lot of the time it's the way I say a joke that yeah. makes it funny more than what I'm actually saying at times. So I, I really practice that to get the rhythm right, mm. to get the timing right and everything. Um, and there's no science to that. That's literally just like what I can gauge to be quite good. I think I've got a, quite a good gauge of what is 
and isn't good comic timing, if you yeah. see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first things I noticed about your act is just how how like immaculate your your uh, delivery is. Oh, thank you. Very kind of like precise rhythms and stuff, but also in quite like a sort of welcoming, kind of engaging way. It, like it, it doesn't sound like sort of like over rehearsed, kind of robotic, but it but it does still hit no. all those points. It's very very precise, very very confident delivery. Um, oh, thank yeah. you, thank you. I mean, I that's a really nice compliment because I, I noticed that like in everyday life um, because of my accent I've got a I mean it's even thicker at the minute I've got a really oh cracking black country accent yeah, you know yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's it's really strong at the minute because I've been back at home uh, for like the last week and a half or so but like in everyday life I'm quite self-conscious of my voice and because I've got nervous energy as well I can speak very fast and that means that I can occasionally uh, not lisp, but it, it, it you know, yeah, like yeah. sometimes words just don't come out correctly. Kind of so, slur a um, bit, yeah, 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 kind of slur a little bit, or just words yeah. don't quite come out yeah. right. So when I'm performing, I I have to remind myself to slow down a bit, because um, yes. otherwise I just rush through, um, yeah, and then words well. don't yeah. quite come out right um but I'm, I'm better at it now than i used to be i'm a much more confident stand-up than i was yeah. even like a year ago like yeah. nowadays i can i can go to a gig and be like i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm gonna say it'll be fine <laughs> and it's even better like if i slightly resent my audience um <laughs> i just think i don't fucking care what you think of me i'm just gonna be a cocky bastard and make you all laugh and then piss off you know like that's not <laughs> oh, that, that, <laughs> that's not the right attitude to take but like um, I, I think it's an important maybe, skill to have though yeah certainly yeah to kind of be like i don't respect any of you enough to care if you laugh or not i'm just gonna say what i want and fuck yeah. off like yeah no, um, I, I really like that because i think the, the certainly like one of my proudest moments in comedy isn't necessarily the moment where i thought like i was where i thought like i became good as it were it was when i learned mm. to approach a gig that I, I knew I wasn't going to enjoy and they probably weren't going to enjoy me, but just make mm. make my own fun out of that. And then, like, yes. like, I'd say about yeah. eight, like 80, 90% of the time, then um, I can I can turn a bad gig into a good gig. The, the few times I can't normally when it's a specific format, like uh, King Kong at a comedy store, you don't have the time to turn that one around because it is actively encouraged that people kick you off if they're not laughing immediately. So it's very difficult to recover mm. those kind of rooms, but for the most part, like, I've, I've done it at Beat the Fog, uh, like, about about two or three times where like I've, I've been watching yeah. and sort of been like I, I'm not going to I'm not going to enjoy this they're, they're, they're not going to like me and I've just kind of mm. sort of abandoned what my, I'd sort of planned when I was at home and then just sort of like yeah. have been a bit kind of cocky not necessarily yeah. improvising but sort of like altering the way I, I would normally approach that set and then yeah it's been and, and then I've, I've been runner up twice <laughs> for that Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I mean, it it's does. A, it's a, it's a skill, yeah. The audience can feel when you're not comfortable. So yeah, exactly, yeah. I feel like sometimes if you know that the audience are going to alienate you by like talking through your set yeah. or potentially heckling, the more comfortable you can be in front of them, the more you like stick the middle finger up at them. Because yeah, you're kind absolutely. of like, I don't fucking care yeah. if you're not a compliant audience yeah. member. And a lot of I'm just going really like to take yeah. up this space. Yeah. yeah. But I've only recently been able to like hold. Yeah. that skill really like I did it I'm not gonna say who it was with but I did a gig maybe a year or so ago actually and this was probably the first gig where I was just like I don't fucking care what any of you think I'm just gonna say whatever the hell I want and I don't even know what I'm gonna say or in what order I'm just gonna do it and it was like it was something that was very kind of like um 
you know, pro-feminism, obviously. Yeah, I course. never do anything that was no. anti-feminism. No, no. But I, I wasn't entirely sure uh, if they were slightly turfy or not. Ah. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't have extremely strong suspicions that they were turfs. But I had a slight whiff that they might be a bit turfy. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, I, I just lost all respect for them. And I was just like, I don't fucking care what you think. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to speak to you like I slightly hate you. Um, <laughs> like, because, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so I don't. And that sounds probably sounds a bit cruel, but it's kind of like you've got to choose who you show kindness to sometimes that sounds really bad do you know what i mean like, yeah so you, you do um, have to adjust the sort of way you're performing based on on the context of the room i think a lot of the time yeah, yeah. You, you do don't you yeah so it's it's like learning to adapt and like i've done gigs where it's been like dirty old man gigs in the past yeah and uh, i did one in warrington a while ago and the compare um, made a joke about fisting me just before i went up on stage oh, right, um right. and that <laughs> It was, I mean, very erotic, but it wasn't quite. Um, <laughs> it wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I kind of swerved into that kind of sexuality side of it just a little bit, yeah. but only enough that I had power over them. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I was kind of just like, oh, I'll do a little bit of sex material, yeah. but then I'll turn it on its head just to let you know that it, I, I can I... beat you in a fight. That's fantastic. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you what you reckon? You reckon like about about a year or so ago is when you started sort of getting to this point as a performer, where you're comfortable enough to do that. You know, what other ways have you developed since you start? Since you did your first gig, how else have you like how how? Yeah, take us through the kind of journey of that. So like just personally or like in my comedy. Um... Technically, personally, anything anything sort of that varies in in your approach or content or like yeah your focus points and anything anything like that. Anything that might have changed. Um, so, I mean, I was quite bad. I was fairly depressed like a few years ago. It was, I was on the pill um, and I didn't realise how much it fucked me up until I came off it. Um, and I was also, um, I didn't realise that I was a massive queer at the time. Um, so I would like, uh, I would lust after boys knowing that I would not make any moves to secure them. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just that was like uh, an anxious obsessive thing that my brain would do just so I had something to think about right, yeah, um, but yeah. obviously it didn't make me very happy because I didn't realise how much I bloody love women um, <laughs> at the time um, so, I, cannot, I cannot imagine a, a, a pre-out Bobby I don't know what it is it's like... a pre-out Bobby yeah. it's basically um, Bobby as she is now uh, but just quite miserable and quite bitter uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> The thing is, the gay had always been there. It just wasn't fully realised. Well, it hadn't yeah, ripened. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just to I'm slightly hatched. digress, I'll tell you this because it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, so I didn't realise I was queer until I pretty much finished my undergrad. Right. right. So I wrote my entire dissertation on the representation of butch lesbians in 20th century theatre. Um, handed it in. The whole time writing it, um, had no clue that I <laughs> would ever be attracted to a butch lesbian uh, or any kind of or any kind of woman yeah. or, or feminine person for that matter. Yeah. Um, and then I handed it in the next day, met a butch lesbian, and um, was like, "Ooh, <laughs> this is a." <laughs> so what you so you you actively decided to, to to do your dissertation on 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 the representation of of of, of butch lesbians without realizing yeah. that you were. 
you were yeah. slightly there was lesbian. something drawing me there was yeah. something drawing me to to that and it's um, that is i mean that, that is yeah, peak that lesbian that of... though that is yeah just <laughs> 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 slow moving but um yeah. But when when you see your prey, you, you get it. You're like a you're like a Venus flytrap. Yeah. But, you know, but you make no moves whatsoever, and then, and then and then and then and then you move in together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but that's like a very that's a very primitive view of my sort of sexuality yeah, there sure. because yeah, yeah. Um, me and Rosie, who both run Lolshevism, we joke yeah. that we have the same type because we're very into um, people who are in the the gooey centre of the gender spectrum. Yeah. Um, so I, it's I kind of that. like yeah, yeah. I suppose like. Butch, butch lesbianism does kind of fall into yeah. that because it's like a, yeah. uh, a more masculine kind of woman, definitely. Yeah. But it's so. So there you go. So I'll be, yeah. So when I before I <laughs> before I realised I was a massive queer, um, <laughs> I was quite miserable, and I would do very very deadpan material um, about not not being able to secure a man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it like a man's property. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a sale. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Need to put a deposit down on that man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <That's> um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> And uh, I've lost my train of thought now. I've made myself laugh so much. <laughs> That's okay. So I was very deadpan then, and then I became happier. Uh, but then, like, you know, my dad passed away, yeah. and I didn't do stand-up for a couple of months. Um, and I think, in a way, like, my stand-up's been stronger since that's happened, because it's kind of just like, I've had to cope with loads of shit. I've gone through some shit things. I can deal with this misogynistic gig. I can do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's, that's a really so, interesting way of putting it. I've not, not thought, really thought of it like that before, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, like, this is a bit. This is a bit too soppy, and it doesn't, you know, like it doesn't fall very well into my sort of like hard girl routine. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, I'm so tough, but like be before I go on stage, I do sort of imagine that I see my dad before I go up, because he was always very um, encouraging of it. Yeah. Um, so I always imagine that. Well, I think in a way he is there, and then I just go up and. Yeah. The, not I. The only gig that I've bombed at since he passed away, is one where I forgot to. Um, imagine him there because I fancied someone in the audience and I was too busy focusing because I was too busy focusing on her instead uh, <laughs> and I, I did really shit at that gig but every single gig that I've imagined him there I've I've done pretty well um yeah so and that's that's, really sweet, that's a pretty yeah. good track record really yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it's like but obviously, don't tell anyone because no, no, I don't no. want people to to know that <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm a soft boy underneath it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, of course yeah. not. Um, so, like, I remember when you did our show, uh, you did you sort of started with with well, uh, it was like the second bit you did was just like a, a load of uh, essentially dad jokes. That I think you even referenced that 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 your that your dad had had told you some of them. Was do you think did he have an yes. influence on your sense of humour? Like how similar are you to your dad in that aspect? Probably. If, if, probably, if, if, yeah. if, if you're um, alright with talk, if you don't, if you don't want to talk about this, you can just uh, tell me. And I'm no, 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 it's 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 yeah. absolutely fine. Sure, cool. Um, 
Absolutely fine. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, we've always been a funny family anyway. Like all of us have got a, a good sense of humour, but I, I've definitely sort of inherited a lot of the humour from, um, it sounds bad, but like the, the male members in my family. Yeah. Um, probably just because I presented it more. Yeah. Um, you know, so my older brothers and, and my dad all had a sense of humour. So my dad's sense of humour was very blue. Um, yeah. And I've, uh, I've got a very blue sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, my oldest brother was very blue and very... Um, uh, goes too far at times. Right, and, yeah, yeah. and, like, my dad always took it far too far. Mm. Um as well he always took the joke too far so i always try not to go as far as he would sure, do yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my my other brother tim has always been uh, very surreal and daft in his humor yeah. um and i've sort of um sort of copied that i, I suppose yeah um be because they're all a lot older than me you see so i've kind of grown up sort of modeling myself after each of my siblings and my parents um because okay. i've had like five adults to kind of look up to and model myself after so i always felt like a weird sort of mismatch of, mismatch of a person yeah um because they're all very very different as well um but now i i i, I feel like a fully realized person now, yeah i think that's the, that's the, <laughs> but who knows yeah i think um i think i quite like about your act is you you are actually quite a mismatch of various different sort of genres and approaches to it like like you kind of started like yeah. um, taking the Blizzard set, you started off with quite a whimsical bit about 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 how how you wanted to be how you wanted to be a dead celebrity. I can't remember I can't remember the full context of it, but yeah. The, oh yeah. God, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Bloody yeah, hell, yeah, that was yeah, miserable, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you had that bit. <laughs> Someone help me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> the, yeah that, that was really kind of sort of uh, fantastical, and then you had a load of uh, one-liners. Um, yeah, a lot of one lines, and then you went on to do a lot of kind of personal and anecdotal stuff as well. So I think you've, you've you have kind of got a mishmash yeah. of all these kind of different approaches, and and you blend it together really well. Um, oh, I, thank that, you. That, 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 that was actually that, that was the question I was going to ask earlier. Actually, is whether you whether that's like a conscious thing? Do you have um, different writing no. approaches to different things, or is it just In kind fact, of? I want yeah. to ask. I want to ask you a question yeah, because absolutely. people always ask me what kind of comedian am I and I never know how to, how to answer. I've never been able to categorise myself. Right, okay. I literally just never been able to. Like, yeah. I suppose I do some observational stuff and some surreal stuff, yeah. but it's always so mismatched and nuanced. Yeah. I never know how to... I just never know how to categorise it, really. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah. it is a difficult one because... Yeah, you do have quite a lot of different elements to to you. Um, and comedy genres are kind of I don't think they're entirely accurate anyway because there's, there's there's different genre, there's different kind of types of jokes and routines. But I think in terms of categorizing comedians on a, a particular genre, mm. I, yeah, I guess just closest thing I could say was just like a would just be like gay dad. <laughs> it's is is genuine yeah, if, 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 if I was gonna, yeah if, 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 I was, if I was gonna describe your human to anyone it would be the, yeah, like... <laughs> that sounds less like a comedy category and more like a Pornhub category yeah Johnny. I mean, I mean you can... <laughs> where are the lines you know you can <laughs> blur them all gay dad <laughs> no, it's like, like yeah like the only like I mean, the only the closest comedian I could probably 
uh, that I know <clears> that, that I could probably compare you to would be uh, Kat Molinari. I don't know if you know her. Um, but the, oh it, no, I've I've heard of I've heard of them, but I've never seen them. Yeah, so um, stop. Like there are still loads of differences, but like she's the only other person on the circuit where I get that same kind of gay dad vibes from. So like yeah, like there there are a lot of those kind of like kind of like old fashioned seventies but not racist jokes kind of thing. Um, oh then, yeah, yeah like, oh yeah, like kind of that. Nice. But then also that also <clears throat> there's some there's some quite deep and personal stuff in there as well um like oh, amazing. Yeah. i feel like i need to connect with this person there because i i have seen the name i know the yeah. name um yeah she's really good i think you like yeah. it oh amazing um, cool. cool we've gone on for uh quite a bit now so i'm gonna bring this to a close so just gonna finish on this one question what's the one bit of advice that uh has always stuck with you throughout your comedy career um it doesn't have to specifically be comedy advice uh, or even from a comedian just just something that you kind of hold dear to yourself and that uh, that gets you through comedy um you can't stop a runaway train <laughs> yeah you can't stop a runaway train and that's a that's a direct quote from uh trixie and katya's uh web series um which i apply to many different things in my life <laughs> i'm about to have a panic i'm about to have a panic attack you can't stop a runaway train uh yeah. <laughs> you know um I've, I feel a good joke coming on. You can't stop a runaway train. <laughs> <laughs> just like, need to go to the toilet. You can't stop a runaway train. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I suppose uh, you can sort yeah. of apply that um, to a lot of things where it's kind of just like, you know, you know, no matter what your head's telling you, you've kind of got to do what your heart tells you to do. Um, even if it's yeah. the wrong thing at the time. Um, so it's yeah. Anyway, there yeah. you go. That's just messy thoughts relating to life more generally, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't stop the runaway train in your heart. No, you can't. Oh, what a lovely note to finish on. Uh, that was Bobby Jones. Thank you so much uh, for 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 listening. Um, like I say, yeah, I really I really enjoyed having that chat. Uh, we're going to be uh, taking a break from this uh, series next month. Uh, I know we've only done two. Uh, we're already having a break, uh, but we've got something else coming up uh, to celebrate the uh, to celebrate our birthday. So uh, there will be a video on YouTube uh, that I will not uh, do many details about. But yeah, essentially essentially I've got to uh, do a lot of editing for something uh for that which i'm not really gonna have the time to to edit another podcast in that time so our next podcast will be coming out in may i haven't decided who it's gonna be yet like i say i said last time we've got quite a quite a big back catalogue of uh, comedians we've talked to uh that, that we're gonna start uh that will start working through um but yeah uh for now uh you can if you want to keep up with the shows we're doing you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram youtube twitch uh, and patreon if you want to give us money um or yeah that's where you can find us i didn't practice how i was going to end this bit so yeah uh follow us on some or all of them uh you can also join our discord uh if you if you get if 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 you message uh, the page on social media we can provide the link for you we don't really want to post it publicly because we don't want we don't want to attract trolls particularly but um yeah you know, if you are someone who who uh, attends or wants to attend a lot uh, a lot of our shows uh, please do do come and hang out uh, chat with the community uh, and uh, keep up to date with everything that's going on so yeah uh, go and do that uh, and if you can give us money please do we'd really appreciate that we are always a pay what you want show uh, we, we we don't charge uh, all the audience for, for, for anything really apart from oh merch that's 
another thing. We got you find us on Big Cartel. I should really script these things before I just waffle for ages. Yeah, we we have some merch now on Big Cartel slash Blizzard Comedy. Those things are not pay what you want, unfortunately, because um, we have had to pay quite a bit to get them made. Um, but yeah, all, all of our all of our performances are, are pay what you want. Uh, but we do also like to pay uh, the comedians for their time, uh, especially now when a lot of them aren't able to work. So if you can afford to even just like as little as two pounds a month, um, that oh I sound like a fucking awful fucking uh, charity pitch now. It's like for, 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 for as little as two pounds a month, you can you can you can pay someone to to make jokes. Uh, but um, I'm gonna stop talking. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you in May for the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>